If you're running a business, you're literally running a business. That's why they say this. You're running all the time to make the magic happen, to keep your employees or your contractors or your interns or whoever you've got, to keep them engaged and inspired, believing in you and your vision. The C-Suite is a podcast about sharing entrepreneurship stories and illuminating financial concepts in a way that speaks to who we are as creatives, as small business owners, as entrepreneurs and aspiring entrepreneurs, not as finance executives. Each episode features one finance term that is explained through career stories in conversation with friends. So join me as we dive into the highly personal stories that bring finance to life. Because you can do this. You can learn to understand it intuitively. And when we do that and put new ideas into context, that's when we can learn, plan, and thrive. Welcome to the C-Suite with Catherine. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the C-Suite. It's another solo episode today, and I'm going to be focusing on specific practical takeaways for small business owners and aspiring entrepreneurs. So welcome. The C-Suite is a podcast about sharing entrepreneurship stories and illuminating financial concepts in a way that speaks to who we are as creatives and, and not as you know something like finance executives. Each episode features one finance term that is illuminated through career stories in conversation. So we're coming off my first solo episode, which I got to be honest, I was so nervous about sharing that. Uh, my sister, who is pretty much the chair of my personal board of advisors, which I mentioned on that episode, the idea of having just a trusted go-to shortlist of people who know you better than anyone else that you can run things by, who also, you know, are going to give you their honest take. So when I was developing the podcast, my sister and another friend of mine, um, Emily, are two of the people who knew about this first. And both of them are like incapable of lying. So both of them told me when I told them about the idea, they were like, this is great. You have to do it. And then both of them also told me your solo episode needs to come later. And I was like, oh, that's so specific. That's such specific feedback. Thank you. Why? And they had their own reasons. And I listened and thought, okay, great. That totally makes sense. Let's start with all the interviews first, focus on the guests. And I'm so glad we did because it was the perfect way to introduce not only the finance terms we were talking about, but kind of the people that have punctuated my own entrepreneurship experience and a really good example of what it's like doing this kind of work. So I'm really grateful that you seem to have enjoyed that episode. And I'm back today with another one. It's less about me and more about you and all about practical ways that you can immediately apply in your business. So today's episode is all about the five-step process that you can use to plan 90 days of small business cash flow without stress. So I want to talk about this and why it's so hard. So on the solo episode I released last week, I talked a lot about how it's really difficult. It's really rewarding, but it's really difficult to be a small business owner and an entrepreneur because you have to do so much about the content of your business. So whether that is, you know, you are a chef opening a restaurant you or you're a fashion designer designing a line, there is so much to do in the day-to-day -day of the building of the thing, the designing of the content of what it is that your business does, that it's 
pretty much impossible to also have the time, the clarity, and the experience and tools to be able to simultaneously plan the cash flow that is inherent in the doing of the thing that you're doing. So that is something that has always been really clear to me in working so closely with small business owners on the more creative, non-financial side. The other thing I wanted to mention is, and I'm so grateful for so many reasons to be able to do this podcast, but I've had people reach out to me on Instagram and say, you know, I've, I've been interested in cash flow for creatives, but I'm not a creative. So I didn't think that it was for me. And I only realize now in listening to the podcast that it's totally for me. You know, and, and the idea of being a creative is certainly something that I think is amazing. And, and I've come to realize people kind of venerate and look up to the idea of creatives and creative entrepreneurs and being creative. So much so that sometimes they they don't really identify as having that type of mind. And so I want to just sort of stop and mention that when I talk about cash flow for creatives and the idea of planning your cash flow when you're a small business owner, I really mean it's that if you're not a finance executive who's come up in the financial industry and understands how to forecast in this way, that's what the, this is for you if that's not who you are. So once you've got the thing done, once you're, you've built what you want to build in the initial stages and you're off to the races with your business or your business idea, or if you're an aspiring entrepreneur, you're thinking about what you want to do. The most important and critical part of this is understanding the components of the cash moving in and out of your business. Because it's just critical to be able to sit down and wrap your head around how this works. I have a free download on cashflowmethod.com. So it's cashflow-method.com right at the top of the website. And it's called the five-step process to plan 90 days of small business cash flow without all the stress. I'm going to start with step one, and there are five. And it's going to help you understand why the process of wrangling cash flow and the timing of the money moving in and out of your business is so challenging. So step one is all about starting with accounts payable. This is the most important factor and the easiest to get super messy. So accounts payable, otherwise known as AP, are your recurring and your one-time bills. And it can be uniquely difficult to manage this as a small business owner. Often, small business owners don't have a bookkeeper right out of the gate. You may be even struggling to find an accountant in the first place. So it can become really difficult to track all your purchasing plans, let alone your expenses that maybe are on auto pay or you know, you're writing a check every month or you're sending a wire on the first of the month, whatever it is. It can be really difficult to have a clear and concise tracker that shows all of these things on a rolling basis. So because if you don't have, if you're not keeping a list and you don't have a bookkeeper to forward an invoice too, so they can log it in your accounts payable section of your QuickBooks or your accounting software, it ends up kind of just backing up. On a practical level, small business owners will have vendors barking up your tree to get paid. And most of the time, it's the vendors who are the loudest or the strictest who are going to get paid first. And now this ends up happening in a lot of businesses, not because the business owners don't want to pay their vendors on time, The reason this is so hard is because they don't have the structure to track 
They're recurring and one-time either purchasing or invoiced expenses. And then they really don't know where they are at any given point in time in terms of how much cash is going out of the business on a recurring basis. And if you're dealing in inventory, how much cash has been committed to future purchasing that you're going to receive down the line. So here's where to start. I want you to take a look at all of your business credit card statements and make a list of all the recurring charges in your business, large and small. List out these amounts and the payment dates. Now, one big thing here, it is so critical that you have separated your business and your personal expenses. Bookkeeping and accounting for your small business can be, dare I say, almost a breeze if you are so strict and diligent about only using your business bank accounts. If you're kind of paying a bill here from your personal, you know, checking your credit card, paying something here, paying a personal expense from the business, that's when things get muddy. And our goal is to provide structure around the creativity and brilliance and entrepreneurial spirit of your idea. So just make it easy for yourself. Be super diligent about anything related to your business goes through your business, either bank account or credit card. Don't, don't commingle. So once you've gone through all of your business statements, credit card, checking account, and you have an idea of, okay, every 12th of the month, I'm playing, I'm paying planally, you know, $29. Okay. Every first of the month, I have my co-working space rent. Every 15th of the month, I have my business liability insurance. It might seem like this is not a worthwhile exercise, but I promise you the devil's in the details and the answer lies embedded in your statements. So step one, look at all of these things and organize them so that you understand on a monthly basis, what are your recurring charges? Then I want you to organize a list of all the long-term purchasing that you've made in your business. So did you purchase something you know, with a manufacturer who's going to ship inventory to you in the future? Did you purchase something with net 30, net 60, net 90 days payment terms? What that means is, did you were you able to take delivery of something that you have not yet paid cash for in terms of the invoice? If the answer is yes, well, you might not have even been invoiced yet. And so if you do have a bookkeeper and they haven't received an invoice yet, They have no way of telling you, hey, your business has committed to this cash. And that can lead to real blind spots in your cash flow planning. How about loan payments, membership dues or tuition? Identify all the long-term purchases or cash utilization that will come due in the future. List the amounts and the future payment dates. This will take a lot of the cash flow confusion and lack of clarity that maybe keeps you up at night. Uh, is that nagging feeling in the back of your head and put it to rest because at least you've wrangled all the data. Then I need you to identify all of your other recurring costs. So I just mentioned these, but that's things like rent, insurance, software, list all of your operating expenses and their recurring dates. So to sum this up, this is step one. It's about accounts payable. This means this is the money leaving your business, either for expenses, which are things that the business consumes, consumes one time generally and and exhausts the use of the thing. And an expense is not something that you're going to use to generate income so much. So that would be an asset. The purchase of an asset within the accounts payable framework is like when you order inventory. So let's say you've got a retail shop and you specialize in tea 
and you've got teas from all over the world and you have beautiful ceramics, you're probably ordering the ceramics at least maybe 90 days in advance. So when you make a purchasing decision, you need to track all the purchasing commitments that you make when you make that purchasing agreement so that you know, and you can say on your on your sheet, I've ordered $2,000 of these ceramics today. It's, let's say, June. The ceramicist may take 90 days to make your order. So that's all of June, July, and August. So you've ordered them in June, but the bill's going to come in August, maybe September. And sometimes it can be hard to remember if you don't have a structure, what bills are coming due when and how much they are, so that you, in the midst of all the other demands on your time as a business owner, can have a really strong handle on how much cash you're going to need when that bill comes due. Because you got to weave it in with your other recurring and one-time expenses that are also going to be due that month, as well as any other purchasing plans that you may have made. And very often, anyone who's purchasing inventory is doing so seasonally. Okay, so let's go to step two. Step two is to understand your monthly cash income for the next 90 days. Now that I've sufficiently stressed you out about expenses and the money leaving your business, let's talk about the money coming into it. So the flip side of accounts payable is accounts receivable. Also known as AR, this represents the money owed to your business by customers. Many retail and e-commerce businesses see cash right away because your customers are using credit cards. They're swiping or keying it in online. And within 24 hours, maybe 36, 48, you've got the cash in hand. Now, plenty of companies send invoices to their customers with what's called payment terms. So that could be something like zero days, meaning COD, cash on delivery. I've invoiced you and it needs to be paid now. That could mean net seven, which means you've got seven days to pay my invoice. Net 14, you got two weeks to pay my invoice. Net 30, you have 30 calendar days to pay my invoice. So when companies invoice customers, we understand they're going to have varying degrees of payment terms. So I need you to look at your expected monthly cash income from all sources and understand a conservative, realistic, expected average sales number for each month in the next three months. I want to say something about the idea of accounts payable and accounts receivable working in tandem. So one of the reasons I started this podcast was because these terms, which are also often abbreviated, kind of get thrown around maybe on your monthly call with your bookkeeper or by a banker you might be talking to about maybe a line of credit for your business. My goal is for you to know these terms cold, to understand the contextual relationship between them And to really be empowered by that understanding so that you can leverage them to build your business and grow it in a way that is sustainable, that you understand, and that you can calmly proceed with. So accounts payable is the money leaving your business. Accounts receivable is the money coming into your business. And if we can keep these two things in lockstep with each other and avoid them not overlapping, then you'll be able to run a business with a lot more calm, clarity, and reliable cash flow that you can use to make decisions, to pay your vendors, and to invest in growth. Oh, and to pay yourself a consistent salary. The C-Suite with Catherine is brought to you by Cashflow for Creatives, a financial literacy company dedicated to supporting the small business community through easy-to-understand finance templates, 
tools, and trainings designed to help you manage cash flow with ease so you can focus on growth and getting back to doing more of what you love. Our core offering is the consistent cash flow method for small business owners, a groundbreaking approach to understanding your small business finances. This method centers around three key parts. First, understanding the key numbers that matter in your business. Second, the expenses you need to plan for based on your strategy. And third, how to craft sales goals based in facts that you believe in, and most importantly, that you understand how to achieve. When we paint this picture together, we get a very clear sense of how much money your business may need and when to be successful. This program is perfect if you're thinking about funding for your business or if you're debating about what comes next and you want to understand how to envision the future with clarity. Plus, you'll gain access to our group mentorship and direct feedback from me. Cashflow for Creatives also offers our Simple Finance 101 small business courses. Short, snappy, powerful lessons that help transform the way you think about money in your small business. And these quick but effective mini courses have an immediate beneficial impact on your business day to day. Head to cashflow-method.com to find the next best step for you and your business. It's also linked below in the show notes. So let's go through some examples. So if you're a service provider, I want you to make a list of all the clients and and the amount that you invoice them monthly. Do they pay within 30 days? If so, great. Write down the amount that they owe you and the estimated actual date of when you think you're going to get the payment. Do you have a client who really has become more like a passion project and they don't really pay on time? Be realistic about when you can actually expect to get paid. Because this is something that if you're not realistic with your accounts receivable, you may run into cash flow holes you don't anticipate. There are no hard and fast rules in business. So if you send an invoice with a particular due date, do not assume you're going to see the funds on that date. Especially if you're dealing with a larger corporation, you're going to need to be able to be comfortable doing a bit of your own collections activity, communicating to the accounts payable, right? This is a payable for them. It's a receivable for you. But communicating with the accounts payable clerk and saying, hey, uh, my invoice is now due. These are the terms. Here's the amount I expect. Here's a summary of my account with you, my customer. And be able to stay on top of collections in terms of your accounts receivable. And don't feel bad about this because it's your job as a business owner or an aspiring one to understand the relationship to the money leaving your business and the timing of the money coming into your business. Another thing to think about, does your business have seasonality? In other words, do you have high and low seasons of cash? Make sure you factor this in when you're thinking about your expected cash income in the next three months. For example, revenue is higher in November and December than January for most retail businesses. If you are a wedding planner, are there certain times of the year where maybe due to weather or other factors and schedules, you're not servicing clients in the same frequency that you normally are? Seasonality is something really important and you can't overlook it. So step three of this picture is creating a monthly total, negative or positive, for cash income and cash expenses. So in step three, it's time to put a frame around the AP and the AR info that you've organized and understand what it means for your cash flow reality. You can do it and you're almost at the finish line, so stay with me. I want you to head to the website 
and download this this resource because there's a visual of the chart that you can create if you use this method. So you can create this super quickly in Excel. Um, there's actually a link to a template in the PDF. Work it out on paper or do ho- however you want to do this. Google Sheets, use my template, hand, pa- hand write it on paper. Anything works. It's really just about what works for you visually. So you're going to use this info to summarize your available cash flow over the next 90 days. Now, this is super important to do. It might surprise you. You're probably like, yeah, it's going to negatively surprise me. It might surprise you positively. The whole point of being able to wrap your hands around the financial literacy piece of this and being a small business owner is to empower you with knowledge. The data is right in front of you. It exists. You've you've either committed to purchasing, you've engaged in contracts, you've signed up for services, and you've sold things, you've got expected revenue. You're moving. Now it's time to put structure around the content of that business that you're building so that you can understand it and take really clear action items from the punchline here. So when you see the visual, and I'll link it as well below in the show notes, you're going to see all your expenses and accounts payable info at the top. Then there's going to be a total expenses and accounts payable balance by month, right? So I'm looking at the example in the PDF that's on the site. In month one, you've got rent, bookkeeper, cell phone bill, software subscriptions, part-time staff, inventory order. Oh, well, that line's line's blank because you didn't order inventory in month one. And then monthly loan payment at the bottom. Then in month two, we've got all the same information as in month one, except packaging order, a one-time purchasing activity took place in month two that doesn't take place in month one and it doesn't take place in month three. So the total of month one is one number. The total of month two is very similar, but it's a little higher than month one because you had some packaging that you ordered. Then in month three, the total is different yet again because now we see that inventory order line does have a dollar amount in it. So what you're doing is you're looking at your fixed recurring expenses and you're factoring in the time-specific kind of one-off or recurring purchasing activity that's in your business, right? Are you planning for the holiday season and investing in in a bunch more inventory of certain categories in your business? Are you going into spring, summer and thinking about, hey, I got to have fresh inventory for my customers, you know, whatever that is. You're thinking about this if you have an inventory-based business. And it's really important to weave the impact of those purchasing decisions in your overall rolling cash flow in terms of your expenses and your overhead. So at the bottom of this list of expenses and purchasing, you're going to have a number each month. Below it is where we need to aggregate all your accounts receivable revenue and sales data by month. So for example, month one, we've got e-commerce store revenue, wholesale revenue, open invoices. So this is maybe old invoices that have not yet been paid. And then retail store sales. So this is an example of a business that has multiple revenue streams and kind of an average number per month in those streams. And so month one, there are certain numbers in each stream. Month two, oh, it goes down quite a bit. All of a sudden, let's see, open invoices that number goes down. What does that tell us? Well, it tells us that you accelerated your accounts receivable activity and you got paid from some older invoices. So that's good. But it means you'll get less cash in the next month because you've collected all the overdue ones and you've received that cash in month one. So I think you get the picture. Each month, you're going to have 
some things that are very consistent that carry over, like the cost of your team, any overhead like rent, these fixed things, software softwares that you use on a rolling basis, but you're always going to have things that are one-off. And it's critical to knit and thread those things together so you can see the, the combined punchline. So then we've got total revenue by month. And on the bottom, there's a line that says monthly cash flow. And it's a pretty simple formula. You're going to take your monthly income and subtract your monthly accounts payable cash leaving the business. And that is going to give you an answer. It's either a positive or a negative number. And that tells you everything. It sounds so simple when you break it down like this, but I know, and you know, if you're running a business, you're literally running a business. That's why they say this. You're running all the time to make the magic happen to keep your employees or your contractors or your interns or whoever you've got to keep them engaged and inspired, believing in you and your vision, to get the sales, to get inspired, to continue to grow, to network, to do all the things, to think about your financing, right? Because every single business owner needs to think about how am I financing my business? So then you've got these three numbers for your monthly cash flow. This is by month, the punchline at the end of each month. If you sum them together, you're going to understand your total cash flow balance. This is telling you, okay, for the next 90 days, I'm either positive or I'm negative. What can I do to get ahead of that? What can I do to make changes now? Either planning a sales event, collecting on overdue unpaid invoices, changing my expense plans, changing my purchasing plans so that you're empowered with knowledge to understand when might you run into these cash flow challenges because they're inevitable. Every business experiences them. But the answer lies in understanding what the punchline looks like for you using what I call a cash flow calculator and then getting ahead of coming up with solutions. And those solutions are either changing the timing of your expenses and your purchasing changing the timing of the cash coming into your business or seeking fundraising, either through all the many ways in which you can seek it, which could be merchant cash cash advances through things like Shopify Capital and Wayflyer who really own the space in terms of lending to e-commerce businesses. Fashion brands use factors if they have wholesale businesses. Plenty of businesses, especially businesses started by women, are grown using credit cards. It's just a reality. Uh, it's one of the reasons I'm here to to work on this work is to increase and improve the funding options available to women. I mean, we've made some real strides, uh, but we've still got a very, very far way to go. And then, of course, there are bank loans, friends and family funding, which is, you know, just a, a term for sort of personal one-on-one investing in, in debt or equity positions in your business to get you going. So step four... I went on and on about step three. I'm very passionate about it. And again, you get the resource in the show notes and look at this for yourself. But step four is creating an action plan if you're anticipating a negative cash flow. The first step of conquering cash flow stress is getting ahead of understanding when you're going to face it so that you can plan solutions ahead in advance. A few helpful ways to think about an action plan are increase cash. How can I immediately increase sales or speed up collections on customer invoices? Number two, Decrease expenses. What expenses can I cut? Which software can I pause? Which project can I delay starting? Step three, change the timing. Can I change the delivery date of an upcoming shipment of something 
that I will then need to pay for? Can I reschedule timing with my vendors? So let's say July is a slow month for your business, but things are really heating up by September. Do you really need to receive that product in July if you know your sales are down, your cash is down? Can you ask them? do, Do you think I could receive this maybe like the last week of August? You never know what a business is dealing with. And if you're dealing with other small businesses, they might be running late with your order anyway and be so thrilled and relieved to hear you ask for it later. Now, that's not always the case, but it's better to communicate and say, I need to receive this later rather than taking it when you're not really ready to pay for it and struggling you know, to make those payments, which leads to negotiating payment plans. This is the next step. Sometimes vendors can be flexible on payment plans break up large bills in your accounts payable over a few weeks or months to spread out the impact on your cash flow. If a business is open to it, it's something you should you should absolutely explore. And finally, should I seek funding? If your business will only be cash flow negative for a brief period of time, brief defined as 30, 60, 90 days maximum while waiting to be paid for by a large customer, and then your cash flow availability will go right back up once you get paid. That is an opportunity to seek what I call like a short-term bridge loan financing. And that's an option that you can explore with factors, potentially with banks and certainly with private investors. Step five, the best way to close this process is to continue to improve your small business finance skills. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I will say it on literally every episode. Building a small business is hard. It is a challenge made even harder by the limited amount of resources designed for small business owners. However, there are simple, easy to implement templates and strategies that can quickly and powerfully improve your life as an entrepreneur and set your business up for success. I know this because I created them. (laughs) Join me over on cashflowmethod.com. That's cashflow-method.com to discover free classes and affordable, powerful courses that will transform you into a calm, confident small business owner who can manage cash flow with ease. The reality is every single step you take forward really counts in your small business. You know you're building these structures every day, whether it's in what you sell, who's on your team, where you're located. It's the same for the financial part of your business. And I'll close by saying, this is not something that you can delegate to someone else. I started this business to create easy to use, easy to understand templates that you can use like on Google Sheets, on your phone, on the go, so that you can really be empowered with this, not saying I'm going to delegate it to somebody else. Somebody's going to report this to me and tell me. No, you and only you know your business as intuitively as you do. And that means it's truly up to you to be able to, I don't want to say master, but get comfortable with this type of thinking and this structure. Because then you're going to be able to see around the corner in your business. You're going to go from feeling like you're playing whack-a-mole with random bills and things getting ACH debited or auto-paid right out of your account to shifting to a place of confident clarity behind the wheel of your business. So again, this is a five-step resource. It's called the five-step process to plan 90 days of small business cash flow without all the stress. I'll link it below in the show notes. You can also find it on our site. I hope this was helpful. And if you have any questions, find me on Instagram and send me a message and I will send you a voice note back with my answer. Thanks for joining me. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of The C-Suite with Catherine your friendly source for small business finance and career guidance through stories. 
I've linked all the resources that we talked about in this episode in the show notes below. And I can't wait for our next episode together. Thank you so much for being here. Take care.